miles away then. I was out in the garage putting rubbish in and suddenly realised, oh my God, I've got a podcast. And then I thought, oh, I'll take a photo while I'm waiting. And then you put one on. Oh, you didn't You didn't take that because I'd seen it? No. Because you'd seen mine? Yeah, no. How bizarre. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one for selfies, so I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, and, then, so. and then you'd pop one on there. So, um, Uncanny. Uh, how vain of me. Of us. Us. Well, it's so the the thousands of listeners, particularly those people in Guam, know what we look like. Yes, it's important. I think you know, so they can really connect with the with the uh, the podcast people. Well, the nights are drawing in now, aren't they? It's definitely shifted towards darkness. Um, I'm not sure they get that in Guam. Well, you never know. Are they near the equator? Does it get really dark Uh, really quickly there? It probably does. Yeah, yeah. I think they're near the equator. So, um, yeah. yeah. How are you feeling? I'm much better, thank you. Yeah, uh, I uh, yeah, I haven't had a, I haven't been feeling brilliant this week. I had a, some kind of weird chest cough thing, and yeah. um, it really affected me on Monday with that hot weather in up in up in the city. It was uh, hot, wasn't it, in the city? Wandering around, as uh, as Billy Idol said. Did he? Hot in the city. I don't know, wasn't that a loving spoonful? Maybe. Or was that a different song? I don't know. Hot now, somewhere in the city, the back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Oh, I was doing it hot in the city tonight, wasn't it? Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that was Billy Idol. <laughs> what a rock star he was. He was. <laughs> um, who was the That's 2000 a AD, Who was the 2000 AD artist who drew Slane? Was it Simon Bisley or yes, one I- of the guys before him? Now, right. And I always thought he'd based the look of Slane on um, Billy Idol. Okay. Until I saw Simon Bisley, who looked just like him. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to show up my ign- ignorance by not. No, I never read Slane. I didn't like it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I, I should have done because I liked Conan. It was just a rip off of yeah. that, wasn't it? Really, it was. Yeah, but I thought it was great. I've Did decided you- I'm going to. Oh, go on. No, I, was, um, uh, I sent you a thing the other day because on front row it was uh, a guest was um, oh what's his face Pat a guy Mills. Used, yeah Pat, Pat Mills, Mills yeah. yeah talking about a- Misty was it it was a comic book for girls that came out around the same time as 2000 AD and was oh. hugely popular sold tens of thousands of copies a week um, and yeah. it was more based on ghost stories and real proper stories for girls rather than oh, wow. bunty like things. Um, it was really interesting to hear yeah, about I, it. I, I remember you sending it through. I was going to um, watch on catch up. Pat Mills has got a an autobiography, hasn't he? Has he? I think called. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. What was Tharg? Oh, the Mighty One. It's called. <laughs> of course, Tharg the Mighty. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably worth a read. Yeah, an infinite source of uh, of, of great interest. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, how's so, your day? What have you been up uh, to? Yeah, I've been. Um, I've been presenting branding over email, which is something I say never ever do. So yeah. I, I like to I like to um, preach um, and not practice what I preach. <laughs> but uh, no, it was impossible for me to do so, and um, so I was really dreading it. Uh, and I got a reaction from board members in under half an hour, and positive ones, and they all chose the same one, which was the one that I showed you that we we liked. Yeah, yeah, it's really and, good. Um, yeah, so I've been doing some branding. I've sort of been drafted in as an emergency branding person because their designer <coughs> let them down. So um, it's actually worked out really well for me. Yeah, it looks um, good as well. 
yeah i'm really pleased with it so yeah that's been good and i've been booked on some work next week i'm uh yeah, so I, I I thought I'd have a quiet September to get on with my printing thing, and um, I'm absolutely, absolutely under the cosh again. Mm. Uh, which well, is, maybe maybe that's that's better anyway. Maybe the the printing, in, you know, in your garage is should be a nocturnal thing for winter nights. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think also, yeah, I'm um, I need to pay off some of this money that um, we spent on our kitchen and yeah. everything which is nearly finished now Looking uh, I will stop boring everyone I'm the, I've written down here I'm the officially the world's most boring podcaster <laughs> you're not going to read out uh, all the things you wrote are you <laughs> tonight no. on, uh, on Basecamp no <laughs> no I don't think one? so uh, I, was, I can't remember what I was thing bit, it was you, was I a bit sweary you were a bit sweary it made me laugh out loud <laughs> Uh, yes, but we'll censor that. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, no, the kitchen's looking great. I'm sure there are people who tune in just to hear yeah. the updates about your kitchen. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll probably lose a, an entire flock of listeners when uh, when it's done. <laughs> yeah, so the other things I've been doing, well, I met up with um, the other half of this podcast I record on uh, Monday. When When was it? Tuesday. Tuesday. My God, my brain. Um, yeah, and uh, and we chose uh, we chose the hottest day. We'll, we'll hear a bit more about that later. Um, yeah, it was awfully hot. Wasn't yeah, it? the train home was horrific. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else have been doing? Yeah, so I've been doing some rebranding. I've picked up a job doing uh, a website, leading the design on it. Apparently, a design lead. Well, there's only one designer though, so I'm leading myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're a there sort of design lead creative director <laughs> yeah all rolled into one yeah i've got a website lined up for a lady in provence which sounds but, like a agatha christie doesn't it absolutely I, that, when you when i read that <laughs> note i thought that sounds like kind of an edwarian euphemism <laughs> have you heard about mrs mrs foster oh yeah she's gone to see a lady in provence <laughs> <sighs> yes she's going online um, um what does well, she do in provence she i don't think i don't know but uh it's something to do with weddings okay yeah and not flowers but uh whatever the funny things you put on tables okay um and uh uh what else I, i'm updating a design agency's website um on portfolio which is uh, i'm obviously now a world expert on yes <laughs> uh, Did they, uh did they request it? Yes. Was well, they were on Behance Pro site before, which okay. has now become Adobe. And they, yes. they, they phoned me up saying, oh, website's dead. Um, what's happened? Um, so I'm moving them across and tidying all that up. Cool. Uh, and, um, and yeah, just dealing with designers and the, and the, and the lurgy. Yeah, but you're on the mend now. Yeah, I feel much better today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. So busy, busy. What have you been up to? Cool. Um, well, it's Keep been <laughs> Crowmaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they line up. They like listening to the show, so they uh, they line up just outside my window. Mm. Um, <laughs> quite quite yeah. noisy tonight. They're the only things that laugh at your jokes, Rob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been finishing up. Uh, what did I do this week? I finished up the branding project for the the sport and leisure company, 
which is good. That's all approved. So the only thing left to do is invoice them. Uh, they've already asked me to do another little bit of work for them, which is good. Um, I I went for a, a lovely walk at the weekend through Bushy Park, which is my local park, like a minute away from my door. But I, I kind of ended up at a, a part of it that I've never been to before, which you, funnily enough, had when we were talking about this. And it was just lovely to... You know, there's 1,500 acres of park or something, so there's lots of little different areas. But it was really nice to find myself in a bit which wasn't overly um, kind of landscaped. It wasn't, you know, big avenues of trees. It was a little wilder and more natural. Um, and just the most amazing, fantastic, huge old oaks. Probably, um, you know, some of them were probably planted in Henry VIII's time for the timber for the navy. Um, but it was lovely. I sat for a while underneath an oak tree watching woodpeckers and nuthatches and tree creepers. And I could have stayed there all day, to be honest. So that was very nice. So I'm determined to get out in the park more with my camera. Yeah. Because it's just uh, it's just a waste if I don't, because it's so close. Um, that's all I've been up to. I got, the, I got an issue of a magazine today through the post, which is called Graphite, uh, which is a new magazine. It was kick-started. And it's a, a magazine that I'm doing an article for. Um, so I've submitted an article, kind of a how-to article, which was a bit daunting, for issue two um, for a sci-fi illustration. And I got the first issue through the post today. And it's bloody lovely. Um, really nice from the people who do 3D Total magazine and 2D magazine and stuff. Um, but it's really beautifully printed, really interesting articles lots kind of you know kind of how not just how to but kind of inspirational stuff and um but it's nice to have a magazine that that celebrates kind of traditional analog drawing but in a serious way that isn't you know a kind of a 2.99 sort of thing from the paper shop um it's really really good so i'm quite excited about appearing in that are there any other magazines like that in your industry? It's, well, there's things like, you know, artist and illustrator magazines, but they're more, you Hi, know... Highfalutin. Well, no, I think that's more sort of hobbyist rather right. than serious. You know, there's lots of magazines that deal with design or, you know, 3D graphics and stuff in a serious a serious way. But, you know, there's I don't know if there's anything else out there that, you know, it's really properly filling a niche, I think. But, um, yeah, it's lovely. Uh, and the other thing I've been pondering for the last few days is Instagram and its uh, kind of magicalness. Because one of the pictures I put, I usually get kind of four or 500 likes on Instagram for my pictures. And I put up a picture the other day and it ended up with 2,100 likes or something uh, in no time at all. And I've no idea why. Um I don't know if it's, you know, it's just luck or timing or whether someone, you know, with a little, you know, following or weight commented or uh, liked it or shared it somewhere. But it's it's annoying that there are no analytics available directly in Instagram so you can kind of see where those hits have come from. Um, you'd think, I think they're bringing some out, but I don't know if it's just going to be available to kind of corporate businesses and things but it's annoying because obviously you know if you get that much traction and i get so much of my work through instagram it's quite important to me 
you know, if I get so many likes and comments and things, I kind of want to know how it's happened so I can do it again. Um, do you, but I've literally had no joy figuring it out at all. Do you think that uh, are there any third party apps that you can um, <clears throat> look at things like that? Because there must there be are, that information there out f- there. There are a few, but Instagram have recently tied down a lot of their kind of APIs and things. So you can't get as much information. And a lot of the the companies that were doing kind of free analytics have, have gone to a paid format. Right. Um, I think this is because Instagram are, you know, about to launch their own. Um, yeah, but it's just it's kind of tricky. But, yeah. I mean, you know, great that it, uh, it did so well. But Do you think that will be subsumed into, not Instagram itself, but that kind of stat thing will be subsumed into Facebook? Um, you know, their the, the sort of pages stat thing is very powerful, isn't it? It um, is. I mean, I, yeah, I'd hope that you'd get you'd be able to get a similar sort of level of detail through yeah. Instagram that they're, you know, both owned by Mr. Zuckerberg. I also think on, Zuc- on uh, Facebook, every so and, uh, now and again on my feed, I get an advert for you know, suggestions of who to follow. And nine times out of ten, it's Mark Zuc- Zuckerberg. I'm thinking he's, <laughs> he's kind of quite needy. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, I get the impression he's quite needy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In many levels. But, um, um, but that's just, pretty much been my week. Uh, yeah. So you haven't rushed out and bought a, uh, any new stuff? Uh, that's just Apple been stuff. released. Oh, yeah. hang on. We need we, to uh, we need to we introduce ju- the show. Have we jumped in? <laughs> well, we've jumped in completely anyway, haven't we? But uh, well, we, we did. We, we recorded a piece um, earlier in the week, and we did introduce the show then. But uh, that was me. So if you do it, I'll put them two together, lay them on top of each other, and we'll create a super voice. Oh, but we can't do that because you said something different. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I broke the branding, but didn't I? You did. Anyway, uh, welcome to North v South, the podcast about, but not about design. Uh, it's also about everything else that piques our curiosity and interests us. So um, <laughs> it can be quite varied. Uh, but welcome, listeners. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, if you are sticking with us. Um, but yes, design news, I think you were about to leap into there, weren't you, John? Uh, yeah. Uh, we're episode twenty nine as well. Oh yeah, I forgot that a, bit. A, a good, good prime number, isn't it? Prime number. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously something magical will happen, and um, yeah, the news, the news. We, well, we haven't for we well we missed last week um, because we knew we were meeting up at the beginning of the next week, and we had been incredibly lazy and not really organised ourselves. But we have actually pulled our socks up. We've we've um, we've been working behind the scenes, haven't we? A little bit. You've, well, you've really gone to town. Um, so we should we should have a good a good feed of stuff coming through. Um, yeah. So there's quite a lot of news, um, and I am avoiding just repeating what is in <laughs> news feeds. But I'm still going to repeat what's in news feeds because everything is covered. It's impossible. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're talking about a new. We 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 were gonna we walked past the Apple Store yeah uh, on Tuesday didn't we hoping yeah, to pop, pop in and um, it was closed <clears throat> yeah entirely closed without a, a single sign of when it's going to reopen again yeah which is a bit odd yeah they've launched some new products um, I've only just got a new phone and well moved back into Apple so um, at the beginning of the year so I'm not interested in a new phone really um, quite happy with mine. Um, I got a new operating system that appeared on it the other day on Tuesday night, 
uh, and uh, quite like quite enjoyed playing around with that. I'm having a few issues. Are you? Well, I had some issues when I installed it because I hadn't realised that iTunes was in the middle of installing auto installing an update to iTunes at the same time I was trying to update my phone. It was plugged into my Mac. <clears throat> so that went completely awry uh, and I had to restore my phone completely. Um, but then the problem I've got, there was, I think there's an issue that the default setting for the, the home button has changed, hasn't it? So it's you can't just put your finger on the fingerprint sensor to unlock it. You have to go into settings and change that to that uh, <clears throat> to that use. Um, but the thing I'm having issues with is I can't take screen grabs anymore. If I try and take a screen grab, it just puts the phone to sleep. You know, you, if you do a screen grab, you press the home button and the sleep button on the side at the same time, and it takes screen grab. But now that just it just sends it to sleep every time. So I don't know if it's done something particular to my home button or whether it's something to do with you can adjust the, the speed at which the home button reacts to a double press. So I don't know if I maybe need to play around with those speeds and see if that um, makes a difference. But it's quite annoying. Oh, my, mine work, mine's working. Yeah. Just tried it, yeah. Maybe that it's turned off. Um, I know that on the on the iPhone, uh, the the iWatch, you can turn on and off screen grabs as a as a system wide turn off. <clears throat> this is really dull, isn't it, for people? <laughs> well, no, I think you know this is you know many of our listeners will be yeah iPhone users, but anyway. But apart from that, it's yeah no, it seems fine. I think um, that I think the design from a design point of view, the um, the new notifications is horrific. Uh, huge. It's really, really, really ugly, um, and it looks like Android. Yeah, uh, but I have to say that the user interface is much better um, in terms of usability. I like swiping left for messages and right for the camera. I think that works much better. Yeah, um, I like and, that. I, and I like unlocking with the home button. I don't, you know, the swipe is just so annoying. So yeah. I, I really like that. And have you, have you, has yours got the pickup thing on it? So it goes to sleep when you put it down, and when you pick it up, it wakes up. No, but you've got a 6S, have you? Ah, is that is that a new thing? Yeah, it's only on the 6S and the 6S. Ah, right, plus. it's really good. Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. No, I haven't got that. Um, and I'm trying jealous. out the trying out the new alarm thing, which is a sleep thing. But I'll talk about that later because I've got a bit of news about that. Okay, um, cool. But the thing I'm interested in, uh, iPhone Seven, meh. Um, the camera, meh. Um, <clears throat> the trickery of the bokeh or bokeh or whatever, however the yeah. Americans pronounce it. Um, I just think sounds a bit tacky to me. Um, I don't know. Apparently, it's good. Though. Yeah, it, you know, it, it comes up with you know, it's a good effect that it creates. I, what I think they're under um, selling is the is the fact that the bigger the tele what they're calling a telephoto lens isn't actually telephoto, is it? I think it's fifty six millimeters, is it? Which is a great yeah, so. a great focal <laughs> length and um, brilliant for faces and portraits and will look yeah. less less stretched <laughs> than um, uh, than the current the current lenses so yeah. i think for that you know that that it, it could be a really good um good device but you've got to buy the massive one for that haven't you you do so you, it's a bit of a shame because I, i've got tiny little um <laughs> donald trump hands the paws of an otter <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah but the camera does i think the camera does look fantastic uh even on the the standard seven um you know it's a it's a different 
camera mechanism, isn't it, with a bigger aperture? So it's much better in lower light. And some of the, I mean, obviously the pictures they use to demonstrate that are carefully uh, curated, as, as they say, but um, they look fantastic. But yeah, what's so, it? Up, what's it down to? I don't know what it is, like one point oh, eight or something like that. Is it? I think I it mean, is. That's actually. super sharp, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's astonishing, isn't it, what they can do? And I was looking at the speed of... Uh, I was reading a thing about the speed of the new chip in it. Um, it's 50% faster than the last chip. But yeah. compared to Android, when, they, when they're doing multi-core stuff, so multitasking and all that kind of thing, they're <coughs> yeah, about the same core, speed, speed. But yeah. on a single core, it's double the speed of the nearest rival. Wow. Which is mostly going to be on single core. It's like when you've got your... Um, you know, on your iMac, it's not really, mm. it's not going to be using the the quad, uh, the four cores much unless you fire up Photoshop or anything like that. Yeah. It's always going to be pretty much on single core. So um, it just shows how powerful that machine is. I mean, it's more, it's faster than any MacBook Air. It's just insane, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and it, it's just—I never thought it would get that fast, you know. And and how respond, you know, what, how much power they can pack pack into it yeah. and, they're, and they're putting all that power into pho- photography processing aren't they image live image processing for, for it <clears> to <throat> yeah. be able to blur cut out mask and take a photo all at the same time i know it's just is, is astonishing um but i'm more interested in i i like fitness things um and uh, i i think now the the watch for me is a is a compelling buy uh from the point of using it as a as a as a device to do fitness to because i yeah. swim i swim a lot i've already got a device that does it but it's uh it's a bit dumb and um and when i'm running i have to take my phone with me which i don't really like doing so that really is compelling but yeah the, so uh, the new the new iWatch is has uh it's waterproof and it's got its built-in gps it doesn't rely on the phone anymore does it no and you can store i think a couple of gig of music on there so you can do a decent enough run oh, okay I didn't, I, I didn't know I, I think i think that the um yeah, and, and the battery will last, they say, a very slow marathon of five hours. Uh, well, I'm not going to be running five hours, so I don't really need that. <coughs> no, you that. should test that before the, next, <laughs> before the next show. So, yeah, I might, I mean, but here in the UK, the prices for Apple products has just gone through the roof. Um, they've put up a lot of their, like the iPad Pro has gone up 60 quid. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, not any better or anything. I think it's just, yeah. it's just literally they've brought their prices in line with the... Um, with the exchange rates but it really kills us absolutely screws us over for prices i mean like the the it used to be you know significantly less than the dollar price it's i think it's 369 dollars for the phone for the for the new watch um and it's 369 quid yeah it's they've brought it on a parity which is 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 insane yeah it's probably what 90 quid too expensive really yeah, I'd say yeah, a hundred. Uh, yeah, a hundred quid too expensive. They should have brought the other one down. The other one should be like two hundred and twenty quid, and yeah. the new one two hundred ninety nine or something like that. Uh, but three six nine. That's that's a Steep. lot of money, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does look um, a proper usable device now. I think <clears throat> there's quite. An, there's been some interesting articles going on about Apple and the the way that design particularly of the iphone and other smartphones has kind of plateaued because there's not much else you can do with a you know a great screen it has to be a certain thickness if you're a bit to hold it a certain size um you know and it's it's less about the phone itself and more about what it can do you know 
that's basically saying that it's not a phone it's you know it's a, a a thousand other different things depending on what you what apps you put on it and it just i think it's it's just going to stay like that isn't it essentially a black slab <clears throat> until there's some kind of paradigm shift in material science or something that you know changes everything again yeah i don't um i i think i kind of think I remember um johnny ive talking about that that you know it is literally he's trying to design it down to the fact that it's just a sheet um yeah that it's all about what's in it and what it run it runs and i think that's what um apple do really really well mm-hmm. as um compared to their competitors but um yeah i think it i think that 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 will go away won't it you won't even see the device it will be a bevelless a bezelless device yeah um that will last the battery will you never think about charging it and uh, there won't be any wires i mean that's where it, you know that's the ultimate goal isn't it for the for them as a as a device well uh, yeah i guess so i mean you know further into the future it's probably going to be some sort of head-up display directly projected onto the implant at the back of your retina <laughs> and you uh you control it by you know sub vocalizing <clears throat> but yeah until that happens it's just going to be a slab isn't it a piece of glass but uh one of the really cool things I think about the whole presentation was something that came after, uh, which was uh, a video they put out, which was called Don't Blink, which was the whole two-hour um, keynote kind of distilled down to about two minutes or just under two minutes. And it was beautifully done, really nicely done, very fast-cutting, typography, kind of bit of humour in there. Um, and as we sort of mentioned, it's kind of very non-Apple, the, the whole style of it. You know, it's very punchy and rhythmical. Uh, I loved it. I think it was one of the best things that came out of that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But you told me why what it, why it feels so different, right? Well, maybe. I think um, uh, Ben Stott, who's an English designer who went over to California to become one of Apple's creative directors, um, I think he was behind it. So I don't know if maybe that's that's why because it's he's he's been over there for a couple of years now I think but I guess he's still as an Englishman um, reasonably new to the company he's still a bit of an outsider so maybe he just brings a different viewpoint um, but it was great right. yeah no I thought it, it, it definitely the humour was um, was was refreshing because uh, yeah. Apple, Apple humour can be <laughs> cult like and rather Californian yeah. <laughs> No offence to any listeners from California. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing as well in that is the the whole bokey sales thing that they've sold. They've released a product that doesn't actually do what it's promised to do yet. Um, that's going to come at a later date, which somebody was talking about. And I think it's from um, Back to Work podcast, but I might be wrong there. But they were talking about in the 1970s when the Star Wars figures first came out. Um there was a company called Kenner Toys made them, and yeah. they they sold for Christmas um, this early bird certificate package um, that was given to kids for Christmas uh, all over the United States. I'm not sure it was in the UK as well, but basically it was promising them that they were going to get action figures. So there was nothing in the box because they hadn't actually developed the figures, wow. and uh, they, I think they came the next year or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, that loads of very, very disappointed and upset children um, got this box that was like a stand. You know, you could then put your figures on as they came through. Yeah. But, the, the, but they pre-sold that, which then obviously funded or must have funded the uh, the manufacture of all the machining and everything for the for the products. But um, it's that kind of set, you know, incredible power of marketing. It is a bit, to isn't it? sell an empty box. Well, that's <laughs> it. I mean, two of the most memorable bits from the keynote was the whole bokeh uh, image thing for the camera, and the fact that Super Mario Brothers is coming to the to the phone. Except it's not yet. Again, that was something else that's that's coming later. <clears throat> Sorry, that tip, that tip tapping. Can you hear all that? That's the that's it's absolutely hammering it down outside. Oh, is it? It's it beautiful weather earlier. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're due the rain in an hour or so. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah, roasting again today. I've got my washing outside. Oh, dear. I know. I'll be in trouble. Oh, hang on. My washing's outside as well. <laughs> <laughs> Natch. Uh, I'll have to listen out for the rain. Maybe the crows will warm me. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the first bit of news I've got is um, it's vaguely 100 years since the invention of the tank, if we discount some early efforts and Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and it's kind of certainly about 100 years since the British tank made its first forays onto a, a battlefield. And there's an article in the on the BBC about how they were developed so quickly, um, kind of in 1915, 1916, and then kind of rushed out onto the, the battlefield in 1916 uh, at the Somme. Um, and it's a really quite a moving article because it talks about how ill-prepared kind of everyone was. You know, they they conjured up these tanks in a matter of months um, and the crews barely had chance to uh, kind of do any sort of training with them. Uh, there was no training with the tank crews and the infantry that they'd be fighting alongside. Uh, a lot of the tank crews went out to the Somme and they still hadn't fired the weapons. Um but it's a really interesting article and it's got a couple of good little videos in there um, that kind of show them in action um, and I thought I thought that might appeal to you John with your love of uh, World War One and tanks and tanks yeah um, I think that's yeah it's, it's it's interesting I think as a um, is it 100 I mean yeah it's definitely 1916 was when they were first yeah. used yeah I think they're absolutely beautiful objects um in in terrible way but um yeah they're yeah. so they're so uh primitive <clears throat> and they must have been horrific to be inside i think you know even 20 30 years later um and beyond when they re- were refining tanks mm-hmm. they were still horrific places to to yeah. live um but yeah <clears throat> I, th- I think they're i think that's yeah, a really interesting story it gives me an opportunity just to read out something which was uh, my great uncle in the second world war was a tank commander in the sherwood rangers yeomanry um and he was awarded the quad uh, really um for yeah for his um actions on d-day and beyond <clears throat> so i'll just quickly read this is a citation that came with this quad what, what what tank was he in uh, i Do don't you know? know it doesn't say right well, we can um, find that out. Probably find it out, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, so it says, this is about uh, Sergeant James Needham. 
Uh, this NCO was commanding a tank on D-Day and was one of the first English soldiers to, on, uh, to land on French soil in the liberation of France and Europe. He disembarked at H minus 10 minutes and in less than half an hour had worked his way across the beach to open country. During this advance, he personally has to his credit two anti-tank guns and was responsible for capturing 50 German infantry. For the rest of D-Day and D plus one, he fought with the greatest gallantry and with complete disregard for his own personal safety. In the Battle of Fontenay on June 26th, he personally attacked an 88mm anti-tank gun which was holding up the advance and succeeded in knocking it out. But as he was continuing the advance, he was hit by another anti-tank gun from his rear and set on fire. After seeing that his crew were evacuated to safety, Sergeant Needham immediately took over command of another tank whose commander had been wounded and carried on the battle. This NCO has fought in every action with this unit since D-Day and during the early stages of the campaign had three tanks knocked out, which he was commanding. In spite of this, he has always shown the greatest willingness and keenness to continue the fight. His courage and initiative are unbounded, inspiring the greatest confidence in all who served under his command. She's pretty, pretty amazing. Wow, was was your was your uncle an officer then? No, he was sergeant. Oh, that so that's him. Oh, yeah. right. So that's yeah, oh, right. Him. Wow. Yeah. Did he did he get he, and he got the crud from the f- French for that? French, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know what he was awarded um, from the British forces. Well, I assume he, he must have got some gongs for that as well. But yeah, um, what's his name? James Needham, Sergeant right. James Needham. I'll look him up for you. Okay, Sherwood Rangers Yeomanry. Yeah, but yeah, pretty incredible. And apparently, he never talked about it. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I imagine uh, being a ta- in a tank in D Day was not a good place to be. No, with those eighty eights. Yes, absolutely. Um, wow, that's fantastic, Rob. What a mm. lovely bit of family history. I do yeah, love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So from that we go to, what have you got on your list? <clears throat> well, the fire um, last uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the um, Great Fire of London, of mm. which it's the 350th anniversary this year, uh, there's um, some stamps. Uh, the Royal Mail have brought out some stamps. I don't know if you saw this. And I did. They, but they are comics. Um, yeah, really and very cool. R- really great-looking comics um, by a chap called John Higgins, who is apparently... I've never heard of him, but he's a 2000 AD artist oh i didn't realize they were by him yeah the name absolutely um rings a bell they come in if you go onto this you know you can buy these packs like my grandmother used to buy me stamp packs uh and uh the the presentation pack for the stamps is really nice it's a it's a proper gridded comic um with with the stamps inside it and i think that they look Brilliant, and and I, my question was, um, why why do the seventeenth why does the seventeenth century lend itself to comic form so well? I don't know what it is. Is it because of that kind of pamphleteer? You kind of that's how you picture the civil that's uh, the English Civil War that kind of era to be, or I don't know, maybe puritanical know. kind of. I don't know. Lots of shouting. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but for me, it, I think it's um, it's definitely the uh, Brian Talbot, um, uh, Ar- Ar- ah, what's his name, Arkwright, the the books he did. Do you ever read those? Um, I don't think I did. Right over here. Yeah, the, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright. Um, oh, have, Civil have you, War thing. Yeah, English Civil War. So it's basically Cromwell is yeah. continuing a family um, tradition <clears throat> um, up to the present date. 
So anyway, that's, that's by the by. Um, and if you all nodded, yeah, if, you, if you all nodded off, then I'm going to segue. <laughs> well. uh, it's a brilliant product. I was reading um, L Decoration as you do, like a pretentious knob, and um, there it was a product advertised in it that just made me howl with laughter. It's called Sensorwake.com. I haven't looked at this link before this moment. It's an <laughs> it's an alarm clock, um, but. Not only can will it wake you with um, a, a wonderful sound, but also you drop little pods into it, and it wakes you with aromas. <laughs> Some of the copywriting on the website is it, oh, it's, oh, this is melody after three minutes of emission. <laughs> I wonder o- if it's a trumpet. O- open your eyes and breathe good mood every morning. Wow, that's quite something, isn't it? Customise and perfume your mornings. <laughs> so what are the scents? I don't, know if, I don't think I've ever woken up to a smell. Um, the scents are amazing. Uh, oh, yes. They are, uh, you can, uh, ranging from grass to, <coughs> to croissant. <laughs> They've really missed a trick, though, haven't they? There's no bacon. <laughs> or stinky husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seaside. <laughs> I mean, what's that going to smell of? Is that no, it's hot dogs? <laughs> hot dogs and yeah. dog crap. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. What a horrible product! Um, yeah, but that's quite something. Yeah, it might help you get up early, which is my other new. Well, it's an article that I read, um, of which I will skip over what I wrote about it. But um, it's something I'm considering doing. So it's talking about. Uh, trying to be productive and trying to increase your productivity and where in the day do you you know are you most productive um they say that you're more creative in the evenings but you've got more energy in the morning so it makes a lot more sense to get up early and do as much work as you can before you start flaking out because if you try and work late nights you're never going to have as much energy and i definitely Mm. agree with that i might i do all my work in the mornings so i'm thinking of shifting my sleeping pattern Mm by a couple of hours and going to starting to go to bed pretty early and getting up super super early and at like half five five you're going to become crepuscular <laughs> <laughs> uh i i just think it i think it, i think it kind of rings true i know a lot of these things never do and the person that it writes about sounds like <laughs> just you know the ultimate uh trendy Dip. hipster yeah but um, so, so hang on what time are you gonna go to bed and get up well, you can, I kind of like nine thirty, ten, um, okay. and then that means you know you get a good seven hours sleep, so half five, five. Uh, if I could get two hours before I have to then walk the dogs and then you know uh, Kit is awake and yeah. then it's you know getting ready time, I really could then start finishing at you know half three, four. Um, and, I, and I've got to get used to that anyway because I work at home and Kitty's going to be going to school and coming back. I've got to get into that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do much yeah. work once she's back. So I need to start shifting the, the dial a bit. Um, and I can only do that with um, with my sensor, whatever it is, my sensor awake um, croissant machine. <laughs> so I bought yeah. I bought two in case I <laughs> in case I don't get woken by a croissant smell. I've got the seaside. <laughs> yeah. When I when I first went away to college in uh, Cumbria. Obviously, as a student, I was generalising slightly, but I was terrible at getting up, um, which may have been my downfall and why I ended up getting kicked out of two art colleges. But I lived above um, a bakery for a while, 
So about six o'clock every morning, the, the smell of freshly baked bread would permeate through the floorboards and up into my flat. Um, and that would be a nice way to wake up. That might have saved me from getting kicked out a year earlier, to be honest. Yeah. Did you go down there and get bread and stuff and come back up with yeah. it? Occasionally, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good smell, isn't it? The uh, baked bread. It is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I went to an amazing restaurant in Sicily in the middle of like this horrible industrial uh, seaside, a like, bit like Dover, and port, <laughs> nice. port. And, you know, the streets were, you know, filled with guts of fish and rotting veg- vegetables. And then the, then we got to the doorway of this restaurant that we'd heard about that was meant to be one of the, the best restaurants in Sicily. It was quite a nice looking door, but the rest of it was an absolute dump. And we opened the door and walked in and they'd obviously done this on purpose, but the smell of baking bread, they, they baked fresh bread for everybody. He was a, an ex-baker, this guy. And uh, oh, never, never forget that from like, you know, rotting vegetation and sea food uh, to the most amazing aroma of fresh bread. Yeah. It's fantastic. <coughs> it is pretty special. Anyway, yeah. talking a load of old rot. But that's what this <laughs> podcast, that should be our new strap line. Talking a load of old rot. I'm writing it down. OK. To remember Excellent. it later. <laughs> um, my next bit of news it's the annual british wildlife photography awards um they've just right. announced all the winners um which i don't know if is this done in conjunction with the natural history museum or is it just the exhibition is always there isn't it um, i don't know they always, yeah they always have the exhibition of the the winners at the natural history museum any of yours um, in there rob no um, I did take a very nice picture of a magpie sat Amazing. on top of a stag's antler. Yeah, beautiful. Um, <clears throat> but no, none of mine this year. Um, the winner is a photograph of a, a lion's mane jellyfish um, off St Kilda. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture, really kind of otherworldly. Um, kind of nothing but you know, dark ocean in the background and this amazing, you know, crazily complex ecosystem of this jellyfish wow, there's some really amazing. fab fab pictures um and some of the kids you know there's a couple of kids uh, categories as well and the kids pictures are just they're just fantastic it just makes you sick <laughs> uh, yeah but really beautiful stuff there's a picture in the in the wild woods section <clears throat> highly commended of a badger kind of a dusk or dawn um, which is my favourite. It's really, really beautiful. Um, but yeah, r- fantastic stuff. Oh yeah, no, that's beautiful. <coughs> Forest yeah. badger. Yeah. My favourite flavour. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> well worth uh, a gander at that. Yeah. <clears throat> Good one. Have you got any? Have you got any more? Um. I, yeah, I've got loads, but I, I um. I've got I've got creative review again, Rob, coming through the post box. You, you so, should you should stop doing that. You know, it always makes you angry. I know. I'm not going to talk about the angry one. Actually, I I, I um I get too okay. cross. But the the um I have to say I really there was one that was re- a story that was really really um <clears throat> pos- positive and heartwarming, and it's called the project's called Piltcrow. Um, I think it's in Manchester. I haven't 
got that right in front of me at the moment. It is. Uh, and they are building space. They are encouraging people to collaborate, to build spaces. Um, I think they've done one already. I don't know what it is, uh, but they are now building a pub. So they're trying to create a neighborhood where they live. Is that right? Is that, is that I, th- I don't know that much about it. Um, I actually follow one of the designers who works on this project. Right. Um, and I've, I must admit, I've always, I think he did a lot of the branding for it. And I've just been completely confused as to, as to what it is. Yeah. So already, after your little introduction there, it makes an awful lot more sense to me. Right. Yeah, so they've, I, well, it says they've already opened up a workshop. So I'm guessing that's where they produce things. Um, so basically, if you're a, if you're interested in craft or doing anything, you can go and be a bar manager or a barman or um, help produce the furniture for the place or the signage or anything like that. They are encouraging you to come along and learn skills uh, and and uh, collaborate and build a community pub, which is just a fantastic idea. And I like I like the branding. Um it's not too uh Hoxton art directed, although it you know it is it's there. There are no slow mo videos that I've found um with Vim- Vimeo kind of plinky plonky piano music yeah. on. Um but I just think for something that encourages people who aren't just creative people to come and share in something that is shared by people who are just, you know, regular Joes. Looks fab. I think it's brilliant. Um, yeah. To learn, you know, how to make a sign or, you know, just express yourself and know that that's in that building forever. It, uh, however long it lasts, I don't know whether these are pop-up buildings or whatever. But, yeah, I just think it needs needs uh, highlighting. And uh, and um, it was, it's a great article in Creative Review, which I thoroughly enjoyed because yeah. it was a learning, the learning edition. It's all about learning things. Um, so, yeah, that was that was that was heartwarming, I thought. Yeah, it's uh, Studio DBD, um, Dave Sedgwick. Who's the guy I follow on Twitter who's involved in that? Right. Um, based up in Manchester. Yeah, so he does a lot of stuff uh, to do with the Pilkera. Well, massive respect to him yeah, and his team. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, um, yeah, I'm not going to get onto the angry train. Um, That's but, all right. but speaking of trains, I saw a really good news thing this week on Twitter yes. uh, that Virgin have. Um, put out a free pitch kind of thing out into Twitter, which is kind of like sticking, uh, you know, Peter Duncan sticking his hand in that tree trunk (laughs) in Flash Gordon and wondering why he's now um, having his hand removed. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out well for them, did it? No, I mean, you can understand why someone in a marketing department thinks it's a great idea Uh, and, you know, and to give away prizes and, but it doesn't, I don't think you need to think about it that hard to realise why it's not a good idea yeah. you know it's an easy trap to fall into but it's it's not that big a one to dig yourself out of i don't think no with, no. A, bit of, with a bit of thought like and you know everyone was obviously tweeting at virgin saying <clears throat> that's brilliant can we um can we all have free train tickets and um, if we like the journey we might pay for them sort yeah. of thing yeah, it kind of brings out the worst in the design community, doesn't it? When it when does, but it keeps, it keeps happening, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, they and it of, will always but they, Yeah, of course, this free competition thing. But all they have to do is just word it slightly differently um, and, and make it make the incentive for, you know, go to colleges and do it. Don't do it on Twitter. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just encourage I mean, encourage new new talent into the in, into the industry. Yeah, um, make it a brief. Yeah, and pay, pay them or, you know, give them a, you know, 
a workshop with a load of pizzas and beers or whatever it is and, yeah. and, and encourage them that way. Uh, you know, get your design team to go down to the universities or whatever it is, but just encourage education. Don't don't just ask for free work. It ain't no. good. It ain't no. good. And you wouldn't do it in many other um, uh, businesses, would you? No. Should we talk field trip? Yeah. What 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 were we what were we trying to do there, Rob? I, don't, I think we were entirely successful. Um, we had a very what nice we had a very we had nice a lovely time. We had a very nice time. Um, we tried to record the show and then completely forgot to record the show. <laughs> <laughs> I realised as we were kind of leaving, I didn't record any of that uh, stuff in the pub or our pies or anything like that. But, um, but that's that's all fine. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, field trip number one. It's a learning curve. <laughs> uh, yeah so we met in the vna and actually uh we have got a recording of that which i'll cut into now uh, we've just come out of um an expression yeah um i still can't remember the name of. revolution revolution rebels and something or other yeah we can edit that bit out yeah so what did you make of it rob I thought it was terribly disjointed and disappointing and confusing. Oh, I need to go higher. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty poor, to be honest. Um, I thought it, it didn't know what it wanted to say. Um, I think having gone to it in, with an open mind and not being really that interested in the subject matter... Uh, it's definitely a, a thing from my parents. In fact, there were lots of people in their late sixties, early seventies mm. wandering around, going, shouting with the headphones on, shouting, uh, "Do you remember that, Gordon?" But that was one of the most annoying things about it. it was, you know, produced in association with Sennheiser, and it was what did they call it? An immersive experience, which just meant you had to listen to crappy music over headphones. Yeah, they out. kept cutting out and yeah. restarting. Uh, really why they didn't just play the music yeah. out? Loud because uh, it was, it's, it's beyond me. Oh, some good music on it. You can hear it properly, but well, yeah, it was very strange. I mean, I'd seen it advertised, I think, on Fritz Review or Design Week or something, and I thought it was much more of a rap exhibition. You know, there was masses about fashion in there, which doesn't really interest me massively. But you're wearing a Harley King suit today. Well, so, when in London. <laughs> what does the lobster claw hat mean? <laughs> yeah. I spit my coffee out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was confusing, disjointed. It's also one of those exhibitions that's really difficult to walk around because everything's kind of on all sides. I thought, you know, there was, it was kind of vaguely chronological in places and then not backwards and forwards thematically I don't know maybe I just don't know enough about um, museum exhibition design to you know I've got a good one but it was confusing itself to me yeah there was a there was a section in it that I did enjoy when it went from uh, sort of psychedelia um, self obsessed kind of you know exploration mm. of the mind and LSD through to more political stance and it became yeah. a little bit more sinister um, and it kind of dragged you through a Lord of the Rings and sort of fantasy art didn't it, it was such weird but it had no absolute it had no thread whatsoever um, and you emerged from the sort of political side of things into a consumer world I guess they were trying to say that was a juxtaposition of the 
two communities at the time, or is that still drugs? The soma kind of drug of masses. Yeah. But, but it just felt you'd walked into a completely different exhibition, didn't you? It was real yeah. jarring. Yeah, I think more focus on the art and the artists would have really helped. I mean, just for me, in my interest of it. I mean, I imagine for most people going around it, and the, I guess the V&A have to appeal to greater masses. But I think that's why the V&A isn't as exciting as it used to be. You know, they've cut their photography collections and quite, you know, you get to the visible side of it. You can't really see a huge amount of art here anymore. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fashion, isn't it? A lot of consumer stuff. A lot of stuff. big exhibitions are all fashion Again, it just doesn't interest me. Mm. But it's a beautiful place to come, especially this courtyard. It is. It's great. Yeah. And now that you've listened to that bit, uh, we then headed off to... Where did we head off to, Rob? We went to the Windmill Pub in Mayfair. Yeah. Well, when they say Mayfair on on their address, it ain't Mayfair, is it? Because we <laughs> got off just, at, just off Regents. Because I said, "Oh, we'll jump off at Green Park if it's in Mayfair," and then ended up having to walk fifteen minutes in about a hundred degrees temperature, um, yeah. and ended up there very sweaty. And then decided because we're going to a pub that's famous for its pies, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Rob had hot pie with mash, yeah, <laughs> and gravy, oh, good. Oh, so man. good. It was a cold beer to accompany it. It was a very nice beer. You you managed to spot... I, I'd ordered some toe rag lager, and yeah. you, you'd had a nice Camden, Camden pale ale or whatever it was. Um, mm. But yeah, very nice food in there, actually. I, I had a I had a sort of a, a cold pie platter with a pork pie that was hot, <laughs> weirdly. Yeah, um, it was a good-looking platter of food, that yeah, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Scotch egg with black pudding yeah. in it. That's got to be good. Um, and we had a really good chat about all sorts of things. And um, we talked about our, uh, the exhibition that we'd been to, which we'll we'll hear about. Well, we can talk about it again now, but you'll hear about it on the bit that we've just talked about. Strangely, um, <laughs> so after a few days, what, what what are your thoughts on it, Rob? Uh, well, I still, you know, nothing has changed. I still struggle to work out kind of what their aim was with the exhibition. You know, whether or not they they were trying to kind of, you know, suggest a certain, I, I don't know, what was, you know, was it about the 60s having an influence on design or was it, you know, design in the 60s and music all coming together and becoming something else? It was just very strange. I mean, it was, I think it overreached itself, you know, it was the late 60s but it was global and it didn't just focus on one thing it was protest it was music it was record covers it was posters it was festivals it was fashion advertising uh politics it was trying to do an awful lot and you know any one of those little sections really you could have expanded into a a brilliant quite focused exhibition um, I mean, we both thought the, the kind of political um, element of it, which was about, you know, like civil rights movement and feminism um, and kind of the, the green movement. We thought that was a really strong section of the of the exhibition. Um, but it kind of like really stood out. I mean, the next room you went into was utterly bizarre because it was like a, a clean room. Uh, about consumerism and advertising which you know you can you can see how it 
it, it's relevant to the 60s, but how it was relevant to everything that had preceded it in the exhibition, I've no idea. No, it went on about three rooms too many, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I take what your point about the uh, the sponsorship, the £17.50 ticket is out, outrageous. With the fact it's that a lot of money. The fact that they're sponsored by Levi's and Sennheiser, um, that should lower the cost of the ticket, yeah. surely. Um, yeah, but it obviously <laughs> didn't, um, and they they sort of shoehorned in this, this this connection with Levi's and Sennheiser, which was ridiculous. Well, the Levi's thing was weird because they were they were just sort of random in in exhibits. So there was things about there was Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie's. Yeah, Woody and it Guthrie. was like going on about the five oh fives that they'd been yeah. modified and like what? <laughs> yeah, really tenuous. Yeah, um, the Sennhauser sponsorship was even more annoying because we were we were promised, well, we were threatened with an immersive experience uh when we entered the exhibition and we were handed these uh kind of music packs with headphones and i don't think either of us wanted to take them because we wanted to talk and look at stuff we said no it's all part of the thing it's immersive and it um what we got was you know disjointed stuttering music that cut out frequently didn't always play at the right kind of right place within the exhibition was often drowned out by the music that was playing over the speakers in the exhibition, stopped us talking to each other. And then you had other uh, visitors to the exhibition <laughs> who decided just to, to scream at the top of their voices so they could be heard over the headphones to yes. each other. Uh, uh, just, just slightly, you know, yeah, sort of um, senior, se- silver senior people shouting, yeah. I had this dress! <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> oh, to be, I, I mean, to be fair, it was particularly that one American woman yeah. uh, throughout the exhibition. But yeah, it's just, I, was, I thought that was really badly done. And it should have been, you know, if you're going to do it, do it bloody well. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But it was good, you know, it's good. And the V&A was beautiful, wasn't it? And, yeah. And we the did, courtyard was great. It was. Um, you know, we, uh, after we'd had a coffee to collect our thoughts, we ventured up to the, the Japanese gallery. We were both huge fans of and, and just drooled over Netskis and uh, lacquerware and samurai swords and all sorts of things, which yeah. is very beautiful. And then yeah. you took me to see the Gloucester Candlestick. Yeah, which is a, a medieval Kier Perdu candlestick uh, that we'll put in the show notes that is just incredible. The craft in it is amazing and it's quite dark and twisted, isn't it? It's it not- is. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Mike Mignola's artwork for Hellboy. Right. You know, because there's that in his work, there's that kind of naivety in that he doesn't uh, he doesn't kind of finesse everything. You know, it's blocky, it's it's dramatic. And those little creatures, the dragons and the kind of gargoyles heads in that candlestick really reminded me of his stuff. I mean, I think obviously, you know, he's obviously a big fan of kind of medieval art. Right. Um, but yeah, Brady reminded me of it. Yeah, no, I could spend hours and hours and hours in that place, mm. um, and we probably will do in the future. Yes, field trip number two, we could probably do. We could probably yeah. do the NA as well. So, <laughs> um, I guess we're on to uh, we're on to pies. Really, I think website of the week. Have you got anything for that? Uh, no, I'll save that for another week. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go and get my pie. Will you excuse me? Are yes, you I will. Co- are you cooking your pie or is it cold? Or is it my arrived? Pie is- 
my pie is cooked and has just arrived. Right. Well, I set my pie. I've got, a, you know, this ridiculous oh, computerized what? thing. I set it to start cooking and finish cooking at this at this juncture. So it should have it should have finished about it's, ten minutes ago. There's a tiny little bit of me that wants it to have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> there's just a house fire. I'm going to get out. I'll open the door and there'll be a field. <laughs> right, I'll be back in a second. So, I'm back. It Excellent. Cooked, it had cooked it. Good. Perfectly. Wow. So what have you got? Ah, that's a good question. It's a Heston from Waitrose hanger steak rich crust pie. As Heston, Heston, Heston Blumenthal. Blumenthal has made a pie for Waitrose. I've never had any of his pies before. Um, he's got a few out. Uh, and this is like a... Well, I'll take a photo, actually. It's a, it's a beautiful-looking pie. It's kind of a, a wavy, crusty top, um, round, maybe, say, five inches in diameter. Yeah. Um, really rich, deep, gravy. And that, <laughs> that is bingo busting in for the, for the smell. I got the, like the I got the Bisto lads in here now. Uh, Go out. Go on. Shoo. Um, right, so I'm going in. It's going to be nuclear. Mm. I can. Sp- it really smells strongly of five spice. Oh, okay. Uh, and Does star, that work? star anise. It's going to burn me. This. <laughs> That's usually me that does it. Holy caramba! Hot. Mhm. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That'll be good with mashed potato and some buttered greens. Yeah. Sorry about all that. Uh, No, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give that a seven. Um, It's a little bit underfilled, I'd say. Um, It's probably only a third full. So there's a lot of air in there. Um, But it's very, very good. Weird taste, though. You know, like, yeah, five spices are weird. It's overly spiced, I'd say. Yeah. but he likes that medieval taste, doesn't he? He always goes. He does. Kind of... He does. Are you washing that down with anything in particular? Oh yeah. Well, I've had a Camden Pale Ale, and now I've got a Lagunitas <clears throat> India a Pale Lagunitas. Ale. I asked for mm-hmm. some um, some American style lagers. Yeah, hoppy American Pale Ale. Hmm. I have got a. Uh, I've got a Sunburst Golden Ale. From the black, uh, the Dark Star Brewery in West Sussex, which I haven't heard of before, named after um, something to do with the Grateful Dead. I don't know the Grateful Dead, so I can't tell you any more than that. No. But it's very nice, just uh, quite a quite a light hoppy um, golden ale, uh, which is good. And my pie is a ham hock and pea pie, which I'm having hot with uh, a big dollop of piccalilli. Uh, which is from Armstrong's Butchers in St. Margaret's, which is where we met, which is where we worked. Um, and it's the first time I've been in there, and I can't believe I haven't been in there before because they must have a dozen different pies. They've got some, what they call their standard butcher's pies, which I had one this afternoon. <laughs> I had a Guinness and uh, a steak and Guinness butcher's pie this afternoon. That was the kind of standard, slightly oblong shaped in the tin tray which is delicious, really good pastry. And then they've got the kind of rounder uh, short crust pastry pies 
which they call their chef's pies, which are a bit more fancy. So this ham hock is one of their fancy pies. Um, and it's bloody delicious. Yeah? Mmm. They're good lads in there. Yeah, they're really friendly as well. Yeah. Um, so I'll be going there again. It's a really good pie. The ham hock is... Um, it's really succulent and a little bit sort of smoky. That, that butcher's um, used to be run by a really grumpy old chap called, and I think his name was Mister Fosby or something like that. And he never had a, he never had any meat showing out on the counter. It was really old fashioned. He and he had marble. There's a underneath. There's a marble cellar, beautiful marble cellar, and he had a chain in, and a hole in the floor. So yep. you'd you'd ask for your your bit of chuck steak <clears> or whatever. And he'd then swing down this chain, down the hole. I mean, obviously he had stepladders as he went mm. down. And then he'd come back up with your meat. My um, mother-in-law told me exactly the same story today. Oh, right. Yeah. They used to have an office just opposite. Ah, right, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say somewhere else. I was like, is that, no, no. <laughs> is that a butcher's <laughs> that thing? That one. And uh, apparently he used to pay for everything. There was like a glass kind of cubicle-y thing. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, that's old. All the exciting stuff has gone, but really good pie. So that's going to get. I was toying with a, a seven point five, but I know you don't like decimal, so it's going to get an eight. Oh, nudges mine. Mm. My pastry. I have to say, my pastry is excellent. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's. I'm knocking off a point for the weird uh, taste. The weird five spice stuff. All spice. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Well, I do no. like to finish on a good pie. Mm. Yeah, we've had some poor pies recently, haven't we? Although, no, yeah. actually, you had a cracking one a couple of weeks ago. Got a nine, didn't it? <coughs> that was the one from Windsor Farm Shop, wasn't it? Queen's uh, purveyor no, of well, pies. Well, what do you expect from old Queen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was good. So, and, uh, so what are we going to do next week? <clears throat> well, we don't know, do we? No, we haven't decided yet. We did talk uh, a lot about the podcast while we were out on our field trip, didn't we? About kind of... Uh, things we need to tidy up that we've promised people and haven't delivered. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and kind of talking um, a, a little bit more about design, which we we kind of looked at our um, the the thing the topics that we've covered. And there's there's maybe a a paucity of design stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna focus in the next few weeks on a little more kind of out and out designy stuff. Not every week, but a little more. Yeah, and we're going to do some specials on design. Mm. Um, and the next thing really is, that's coming up that's a special <coughs> is our book of the month. So if you haven't read it, I really recommend it. It's um, Bill Drummond's 45. And um, it's bloody brilliant. And how, how are you getting on with that, Rob? Because we could do that next week, if you like. Yeah, yeah, we'll do finish. that next week. Yeah, yeah. so we're um, going we're gonna to review that. Um, if, you ha- if you are in the UK or you can get access to BBC iPlayer, um, the BBC Four re-ran their indie uh, documentary, which is a three or four parter uh, at the weekend. So it will be on iPlayer, and um, it's narrated by Mark Radcliffe, and it's fantastic. And the first part is the one you really want to watch because it's got Bill Drummond doing his own special film in it, and you'll just get a, a taste of how bonkers he is. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, the book's so, fantastic. Good, I'm glad you're enjoying it. So, yeah, uh, so we'll be talking about that next week. Um, I Have you got lots of weddings this weekend, Rob? Is this your last, uh, is this the last big one, hurrah? Well, no, I think last week was the the last big hurrah. Yeah. I mean, we've got weddings every week now for the next few weeks, but I think that was the kind of 
the last of the, the really big ones or the, the kind of double wedding weekends uh, is over. So we can both relax a little. Well, some of the flowers that Steph's been posting on Instagram are absolutely amazing. She is so talented. It is yeah, she's unreal. a clever girl. Yeah, really, really beautiful stuff. So um, send my congratulations to her and, and tell her to have a rest. Will. Tell her to I will. rest. You know, weddings are over. Yeah, I'll, uh, I will tell her that. Thank you, Jim. Right. <laughs> so I will speak to you, no doubt, uh, over the weekend. But um, will do. Uh, and uh, yeah, check back. We'll be back to a weekly show uh, next week. So this will probably be out on Friday. Um, and then next week we'll be recording. We try and record every Thursday. So um, yeah, check check us out. And review right. us on <clears throat> iTunes, please, because that will just get us a little bit more exposure and um, we'll feel better and sleep at night. Correct. <laughs> Right, well, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, John, it was bloody brilliant to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Take care. Good night. Night, night. Freak. <laughs> <laughs>